this is Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. I am so excited to share this episode because it's such a simple practice that can have huge benefits for kids. I'm going to talk with Devin Tomiak, the creator of the Biggies Cards, and she's going to share the concept of the cards and how they help kids build resilience. This episode is brought to you by the Essential Calendar, which is a calendar that helps moms stay organized and help kids know what's going on. It's a large format calendar that you can hang in the kitchen where everybody can see it and everyone can collaborate about what's going on and you can see three months at a glance. You can get it at www.theessentialcalendar.com. And now on to the episode. Welcome to the Stress Nanny Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here. We're going to talk about stressing less by teaching kids emotional resilience today. My guest is Devin Tomiak. Devin is passionate about helping kids develop resilience, and we both agree that the quality of resilience in kids is more important now than ever before. After her youngest brother died by suicide in 2014, Devin was driven to understand resiliency, where it comes from, and how it's bolstered. And as a mom of young boys, her preoccupation had a unique urgency. The Biggie's cards were born from her mission to strengthen her relationship with her own children and develop their emotional intelligence and improve communication skills in her whole family. Devin, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Now, I knew as soon as I saw the cards, I knew two things. I knew one, I needed them for my family and my clients. And two, that I needed to meet Devin, because this is not something you run into a lot. People this passionate about teaching kids resilience when they're young. So this conversation is going to be about how to engage kids in conversations when they're little, little, right? To help them build emotional resilience. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I want to specify not little, little, because I think it's kind of hard when they're little, little, but specifically, specifically elementary age. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we can kind of get stuck in this idea that elementary age kids aren't ready for those conversations. And maybe we need to shield them or kind of protect them from some of the realities of the world. And no doubt we as parents, like we monitor their safety and we give them things in a developmentally appropriate way. But I think we do them a really big disservice if we wait to start having these conversations until they're tweens or they're teens. What are your thoughts on that? I I agree wholeheartedly. I think that, I mean, first of all, I will say that, you know, a kindergartner is different than a fifth grader, right? So, you know, kind of jumping in as a kindergartner, like, you know, it's like one toe in at a time yeah. rather than if you have a fifth grader that you're starting with. But I think that, you know, having these bigger conversations, I think they understand more than we give them credit for. I think they're curious. And thirdly, you're paving the way for having bigger, trickier conversations as they age, right? Which, you know, subjects that are inevitable, drugs, sexuality, um, just stress, all the things that we deal with as, as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, right. I love how you said we paved the way because I talk about it like a bridge a lot. And if we start having these conversations with them, again, in developmentally appropriate ways, meaning we don't introduce them to more stress than they need. You know, we answer their questions in ways that are clear without giving them too much, but we don't kind of set it aside and tell them not to worry about it, like brush off their concerns or brush off their questions because they're taking in something, right? When we, I know when we went to counseling after um, an experience with grief, 
some of the counselors who worked with the kids, they would talk about it in terms of the kids creating their own response. Like they're going to make up a story around this and it's up to you whether you're part of the story that they tell, right? Like they're going to make up some kind of story about what went down, how it happened, why it happened. And a lot of times they're going to blame themselves if we don't give them a different way of understanding it and a different way of telling the story. And so I love that you're saying, you know, as they're little, just start having some kind of conversation so that no matter what comes their way, whether it's a really challenging life experience, like what your family faced, whether it's grief, you know, in the way my family faced it with miscarriage, whether it's, you know, just whatever life throws at you, you have language or rapport and like, a way to connect through the hard times so that when those topics do get different, when they're teens, like you've got some ground to build on. Yeah. I think what you're saying is really, is really interesting about how they'll create their own story. Um, Because we, I mean, kids do that, but adults do that too, right? We're like story making machines. Uh, And I also think it's important to kind of just stress that you kind of gave an example of kids bringing questions to you and addressing them questions rather than just pushing them under the rug. I also think it's important to preemptively address topics. Uh, And and they don't have to be specific topics, but I mean, that is kind of like my whole idea is that like, yeah, just get in there and start talking about things, whatever they may be. Small things can lead to big things, but things that are bigger than did you brush your teeth today? And did you do your homework today? Because those are the conversations that open doors naturally. Yes, I love it. Okay, because let's get to the cards. Okay, the biggest cards, explain them to us what they are. I mean, I have my set, I have several sets in my house, I have my set right here. But talk to us about what they are so that people can can understand if they're listening, give us kind of a visual explanation. And if they're seeing this clip, you know, you can show it. Okay. Um, so I'll just pull them out in case someone is looking at the clip, but the biggies cards are big, physically big because, um, there's a lot in them. Each card is six inches by eight inches and they're each, each of the 25 cards in the deck is devoted to a different social emotional concept. And the overall idea is that by sparking conversation in fun and interesting ways about these big topics. And by big, I mean, you know, big social emotional concepts, everything from perseverance to uh, curiosity to um, creativity and wisdom. I'm just throwing some off the top of my head, the body mind connection. When you talk about these big things, you're building kids, social, emotional Uh, or you're building their emotional intelligence, you're cultivating their communication skills, and you're connecting. And all of these things build resilience in kids. And so that's, that's kind of the idea behind them. I can tell talk to you a little more, or I can stop there. Yeah, no, I love it. Let's keep going. I mean, I'll just say from this point, and Devin and I had this conversation earlier, I have, I don't know how many decks of cards in my house. I have mindfulness cards, I have yoga cards, I have yoga cards for kids, I have mindfulness cards for kids, I have meditation cards for kids. I mean, I have a lot of cards. And when I saw these, I was like, oh my gosh, these are my new go-to card. Because what you just brought up, they invite kids into the conversation instead of just telling kids what to do, which I think is part of the reason that it's really hard for parents to implement a lot of those other cards is because it's like, 
here's a card, do this thing. And it can be fun at first, but over time, it kind of loses its enamor. Like we get less enamored with it because it starts to get a little boring and dry and it doesn't feel as interactive. But like you've built in the triggers in terms of like the questions and drawing kids in with fun stories and asking their opinion. And you just make it so easy for the kid to like initiate the conversation or go to the card because it's big and visible and framed so beautifully there on your counter. I mean, my daughter just was like, wait, what are these, you know, and started walking and up and looking at it and just she explored it on her own. And that's so key for parents who want to implement this stuff in their homes, right? I, I'm so happy to hear you say that. And it just like warms my heart. Um, I, I felt like when I had the idea about kind of bringing these conversations to my own family and to my, to my oldest son, he's now 10. When I, when me and my partner were creating them, he was, you know, let's call it six or something, seven, eight, when I started kind of formulating this idea. And I was just, all I could think was like, what is going to make this interesting to him? What would, what would make him want to talk about this stuff that's so I think important. And, and I, and I knew it had to be presented in a way that would, that would make him curious because, you know, it goes without saying when you're curious about something, you want to, you want to learn about it. And not only that, I actually heard something interesting recently. If you, if your curiosity is sparked, let's say that you're really into math, right? And so you learn, you know, you find out some new interesting facts about math and then there's like a curveball, and someone says, Oh, and by the way, we're going to talk about perseverance. Um, you are, will be more likely to learn about perseverance because your curiosity has been sparked, even though it's like a completely different subject. Like as long as that part of your brain has been like engaged, then, then you're going to be receptive to learning about anything. And I think that's so fascinating about the human brain. Um, and I, and I, and I, that's really kind of my strategy with this is like, let's get kids curious, interested, having fun. And then it'll be like the hook and then we'll like pull a fast one on them with like some real good stuff. Yes. I love yes. Yes. And that's a total mom move, right? Because we're not going to give our kids a thing that's going to make more work for us. Right. And that's how I feel about mindfulness. Like when I teach kids mindfulness, I want to make it as easy as possible for both of us. And so I'm like, Oh, look at these bubbles. We're not actually practicing mindfulness. We're just blowing bubbles, you know, and and just so happens that our exhale is longer than our inhale, which calms our nervous system and helps us come into a space of presence, you know, Hey, isn't that fun. Right. And it's such like, it just takes the fight out of it every time. Right. When you can add that element of curiosity. Yeah. And, and the reality is like, yeah, I, I'm the same way, Lindsay. Like, I mean, we only have so much energy and if something is going to be hard, we're just not going to do it. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. going to get up off of the crack. So I wanted it to be fun for the kids, but yes, it has to be easy for the parent and doesn't have to, it should feel like a chore for, for no one. Otherwise if it does, like, it's just not going to happen. So Yeah, exactly. It's going to be one more good intention that goes by the wayside because we're like in the grand scheme of things, it's not worth a fight over this. Um, Teaching emotional resilience is not worth an argument right now. And so I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So, okay. So I'll just share our experience a little bit more and then I want you to dive in. Yeah. More into the content on the cards. So I have them up on the counter. 
Uh, they're in this cute little wooden frame with like an open front. So you can see the card that's in front. And Jessica, who is not in elementary school anymore, she is 12 in seventh grade. She came up to it and she was like, wow, what is this mom? You know, and she like picks it up and she starts looking at it. And she was like, oh, I really love the lion. Okay, talk to us about the lion. Okay. So the lion is a card. Um, I'll pull it out of my deck. Of course, my deck is not in order. So see if I can oh, it's okay. It. I have it in mind too. Okay. So you, little kids can cut it out if they want. Basically, the idea is if you are talking, you hold the lion. When you're done talking, you pass the lion. Because, you know, I, I think that it's great to do this one-on-one -on -one with a kid. I think it's also great to do in a classroom with multiple kids or at a family dinner table with multiple siblings. Um, and sometimes people interrupt, you know, I know that's shocking, but especially when you're dealing with kids, right? One person has an idea and someone else has an idea and it all becomes chaos very quickly. So, yeah, so it's just something the lion is, is a card to pass. And if you have the lion, then you're the speaker. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to the lion and then again, like they're super colorful and just inviting they're so inviting and there's a little you know quick tips for adults and so I read through those you know when I got my cards but then she just started reading through them I mean she just was picking them up reading through the cards gratitude kindness accepting others and she was like oh that's interesting I mean she just on her own took the things and ran with it so talk to me about what's on the cards and how these each of these elements really draw kids in Sure. So the front of the card has what I like to call the hook. And it's just some fun story, some silly story. Some of them have like a little exercise. Some of them have a quote um, about something that's interesting or fun to for a kid. And then it leads into a hey, everybody question. And by hey, everybody, I mean, everyone in the group is meant to answer it. The idea is not that you just pepper your child with questions, but you share because I think that kids open up if their grown up open up opens up, the more vulnerable that we are with our children, the more vulnerable they're likely to be with us. And so and, and not only that, but kids love to hear your history. They love to hear your experiences. They love to hear about when they were young or when when mom or dad were, you know, or grandma, what it was like back then. So Everyone answers the question and um, some of the some of the cards like the one I'm holding right now, it might have another little bit of information, maybe a definition of a word that is potentially unknown for an elementary age kid. The back of the card has the topic. So this card that I'm holding is belonging and it gives a definition and underneath the topic, it has three questions and each card has the same format. And the first question is a, did you know? And it's just some fact. And it usually, I think most of them, I think they have all examples. Uh, and then an, I wonder, and it's a question. And there's again, another example. And then the third section is called what's your take. And it's again, a question. And then there's two different viewpoints so that, you know, it can be debated and maybe the group decides they agree with both of them or neither, it doesn't matter, but just that that is kind of becomes an active um, experience. Yeah. And I'll just add quickly, I, I, I wanted to put like cute, fun examples in because sometimes it's hard to come up with examples on the fly, right? Sometimes yeah. you're doing it and you're like, well, oh, let me think. I, I know I know how this happened to me, but 
at least, and you can still do that if you want, come up with your own example, but here's or some like just in case. Yeah, which I, is so fantastic. Do you mind if I read the one on my favorite card? The example, one of the oh, examples. Oh, I think you should know what your favorite card is. Well, of course, it's the being mindful card. Okay. <laughs> because you know how much I love mindfulness. So one of the examples is, I wonder, can you stop thoughts popping into your mind? What can you control? And then you say, when Lila saw her brother, is it okay if I read this? Yeah, totally. When Lila saw that her brother colored on her bedroom walls, her first thought was to scream. So she screamed loudly. The next day, she'd lost her voice and couldn't sing Hakuna Matata at the school talent show. What could she have done differently? Now, because sometimes mindfulness can be really dry, right? And like we can give these lofty examples and we can, and especially with kids, it's so important to make mindfulness applicable. And I think that example is such a good illustration of how you've done that. Like, and kids know, like, oh my gosh, she couldn't sing at the talent show because she screamed so loud at her brother. And they totally get <laughs> screaming loud at someone, right? And so you, again, like, it's just all, already so real to them. And mindfulness is not an always, always an easy thing to make real for kids. But again, like, at the bottom, you share, what's your take? Do you stay cool and calm and non-reactive? Like, how do you do that? Do you take calming breaths? Do you get moving? Like, what works for you? And I love the idea that there's no one way to work through some of these things or to implement them in your life. And then like, again, getting kids arguing about what is the best way to be mindful. Like I would love to listen to that argument all day long. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. Totally. That is so funny that you say that, but yeah, that's true. And I think it, you know, there's so many things and I mean, I, let's just face it. Everything in life has a side, right? A perspective. Yeah. Um, we all have different viewpoints and I think listening and learning from other people who have differing opinions is just so important for emotional intelligence. Um, I think it helps us celebrate diversity and just get along, right? Yeah, no, it's definitely a life skill. And I love, again, I'm just, just uh, this should be a commercial podcast, but I think that one of the things I love the most about it is that it feels like a system. And there's, there are a few things I love more than like a system that families can use to grow. Because when you can implement a system for growth in a family setting, then you're in a position where the system just kind of like does all the work. And all you have to do is engage with the initiation of the process, let the system play out. And then at the end, you have this result, kind of like a little factory, right? So yeah. it's like, if you can implement the cards in a way that just like, puts them in your dinner conversation, let the cars do all the work because you've set it up so that they will. Like you said, there's conflict resolution, there's communicating with respect, taking turns, listening, curiosity, I mean, connection, all the things are there. So you just have to like put the system in place, let it do its job. And then at the end, be like, oh, look at that. So easy. And I just taught my kids some emotional resilience in five minutes after dinner. <laughs> yeah, if only it was so easy. I mean, you know, it's a tool. Like, there's a lot that goes into to building resilience in your kids, and um, and you know, I I just wanted. I I feel like it can be the idea of like, okay, I got to go build resilience in my kid. That's that's a little yeah. overwhelming, right? That's like, whoa, that's daunting. And so, I wanted something that was easy, that was like an actionable. Yeah. Do this thing for parents like like you're explaining like just follow the manual um 
to make it a, just a little bit easier. And it's, you know, not that cure all, but it's, it's something. And um, so I'm glad to hear that you said that. And yeah, and it's not going to be a five minute thing, right? I, the, the idea is that each card is a kind of a standalone event. So, you know, a lot of conversation cards, you do 10 at a time. And this is like, you do one at a time and maybe you do two at a time, but maybe you do one a week or yeah. something like that. Maybe if you're in the car, you do more if you're on a road trip, but because it gets everything, if you push too hard, it gets old. But yeah, the idea of just engaging with it and making it a habit. So if it is only just a few minutes a day, but you do it every day after dinner, or if you have them in the car on your ride home, and you just pull out one and read one of the parts of the cards, you know, on that day on the way home from school, or, you know, before bed, if you gather around with your family, and kind of connect before bed, you know, you're reading one sentence and then talking about it, but just weaving it in enough that it becomes part of your family culture in a way that it can serve you like as it's designed. And I totally agree. Like it's not going to be simple to teach our kids resilience, but it can be a lot easier than we think when we're just thinking like, Oh my gosh, resilience, my kids need to be resilient against so many things. Actually, it might be a conversation about being mindful just for a few minutes before bed. Yeah, definitely. Because resilience is like something that there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into resilience. Like it's not just one thing, right. Being resilient can mean different things for different people. And for some people it's being mindful that helps us, that can help you be resilient for other people. It's um, being passionate about anything under the sun, playing chess, going on uh, safaris. I don't know, but that's kind of the idea, like why I think it's important to have 25 topics yeah. because creativity can be a resilience building for some. For sure. No, and anything taking it together, anything that keeps you going, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's what, like taken together and touching on, you know, each topic at intervals, whatever your interval is, whether it's one a day or one every month or one every week, like touching on each of those topics gives kids such a range to work with. Right. And so they don't just have one skill set to draw from when things are challenging, they have a whole bunch of options. So yeah, I love that they're 25, but I also love that you didn't make it 77, right? Like here are 25 concrete things you could work on or draw from if you need them when things are challenging, these are helpful, you know, and then just guiding people through conversations. Now, one of the things that I want to know is what have you seen when parents and caregivers start to implement? Because I think some of these, you know, I'm obviously a big fan of cards, but if you are just trying to have conversations with your kids and trying to be intentional, you know, using some of these ideas around curiosity and having, uh, you know, two different perspectives working through that, those can be helpful. At the end of the day, when you see parents and caregivers engage in these kinds of conversations, what happens? What changes? Um, I feel like kids start opening up. I feel like the connection is strengthened. There's a trust that develops. Like I can talk to this person about anything and they're going to listen and maybe have a different opinion, but at least we can communicate. I love that. And I think as adults, you know, you brought it up earlier that we're learning so many of these things too, right? Like we're learning resilience and we're learning to have conversations that are maybe out of our comfort zone. And I know for you navigating the loss of your brother, 
like those conversations aren't ones we're just super prepared to have with our kids. Right. And it, it's hard when we're navigating our own like perspective in the struggle to engage with our kids. And I know sometimes we hope maybe if I just don't talk about it, they won't notice or it won't be a part of this or we can, you know, make it through without it, it you know, impacting them. But I think the cards do such a service there, too, and that they teach the adult just as much as the child. Right. Like what listening looks like when you're talking about something that's really hard. Oh, definitely. I feel like um, when we were creating them, I, I learned so much. And, you know, when I was me, when we were writing these cards, like in the back of my head, I was like, hmm, I feel like there's going to be adults that are learning from this too. Right. Cause, cause you're right. This is, we're all works in progress here. And sometimes we know things and we just need the little reminders. And sometimes we don't even know things. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I just want to touch on one more before I close, because I think this is a topic that can be challenging for parents to explain to kids sometimes. But it talks about you talk about boundaries on this one card and you talk about how we draw boundaries around things we want to protect. Mm -hmm. And then like when you know which boundaries should should be or, you know, is it okay if people cross which boundaries should we never cross and how just giving kids that language, you know, and then thinking through, like we touched on at the beginning to what that looks like when you then talk about boundaries with your tween and with your teen and how these conversations just start so much great dialogue in the family that, you know, like you said, when we have that communication and connection in place, and there's a level of trust, we're able to move through not only like the, the different years of parenting, but also just the, the challenges that come into family life with much more intention. Oh yeah. That's so beautifully put. Yeah. Just opening the door to, to these bigger conversations. Um, I think a lot of times it's the parents. I, I, I should, let me just speak from experience. A lot of yeah. times I've found a hesitancy to bring up certain topics with my kids and then I bite the bullet and I do it and like, they're unfazed, right. That like, they don't even think it's weird or they're just like, they just like roll with it. And I'm like, Oh wow. That was all kind of me. That was all my fears, insecurities, nerves. Um, so yeah, I, I think that once you get kind of get going, you realize, wait a second, huh? That they don't think this is weird. This is actually not as hard as I, as I imagine it was going to be. Yeah. That's such a great perspective. Like, Oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And I, and I think I've had conversations around this in terms of like talking to kids about sexuality and bodies and how sometimes as, as adults, we can bring in our own kind of like history with something or dialogue or, you know, emotional baggage around some of these topics that like, you're just saying our kids, they don't actually have it. So we can just have a really straightforward and open conversation that's developmentally appropriate with, Uh you know, some of these topics that don't have to go super deep, right? I mean, we don't have to like dredge up a bunch of stuff that maybe we have unresolved or that was hard for us at that age. Like we can just kind of present it. And then if they have questions, we're there because we've brought it up and we're, you know, there to answer like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can see how sometimes it's hard when you're making choices to understand which choice is going to be the best fit for you. Or, you know, like instead of going back to the time when you were seven and 
you know, something <laughs> happened that was so awful. And you, and maybe that comes up later. And like you said, being authentic and telling it. But I think that the hesitancy that you mentioned is so ingrained for some topics that it really does present a hurdle that that a lot of times we can just, you know, we can move through it on behalf of our kids because it's not there for them. Yeah. And I do think it's kind of interesting because there is going to be certain topics that, you know, you just, you are going to blow through that aren't going to resonate as much as other topics with, you know, with your kids. And I think that is reflective of what the kid might be dealing with at the time or reflective of just their interests. Um, But it allows you to, to learn a little more about them and them to learn about themselves. And I, and that's another thing that I feel like can come out of these conversations is, is self-awareness. Um, I think there's a, there's something truly valuable about being self-aware and kind of helping guide our children to develop their self-awareness. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that you made a resource to support that process. Thank you, Lindsay. And I'm so glad that you like it. And thank you for these amazing podcasts that you've been doing and sharing so much knowledge with us. Oh, thanks. It is my pleasure. As we close, can I ask you three more questions? Absolutely. What is your favorite food? Okay. Um, Nutella and (laughs) olive bread. (laughs) Not together though, separately. I'm going to say that is a combo I've never actually heard before, but yeah, apart. Um, apart. apart. (laughs) What's your favorite way to relax? I'm a big hot bath girl every night. That's where you'll find me. Um, It's just like automatic for me. That's great. It's such a good habit for stress relief. And then what is one fun thing you like to do with your kids? Um, Hike. We, we love going on hikes. My boys have become pretty decent hikers and it's, you know, my, my 10 year old, he just turned 10 last week. And one of the things on his to-do list for his birthday was going to hike. And I was like, wow, like, I felt like, wow. Okay. Like, that's awesome. Um, but we have good conversations when we're out there in the wilderness on the move. Yeah. And that's a good point you bring up here as we're closing, just the idea that Yes, sometimes having these conversations in the car might be better than like a face-to-face sit down at dinner, right? Like being creative about where you have the conversation is almost as important as what you're talking about. Because if if you know your kid well enough to know like when it's going to land better, like you just said, then it can make it a little easier to move into topics that they can sometimes be reticent to discuss like in a more formal setting. Yeah, apparently that there there is a thing that um, some kids, if you are making eye contact with them, it, they're they're more um, reserved, and so if you're not making eye contact, if you're on a walk or driving or at you know cuddling at night, and you have these conversations, it's easier for them to to open up. So there is something to that. I love that. Okay, this has been so fun. Thank you, thank you for being here for sharing your wisdom and creativity with us on this call and then in the cards that you created, talk to us about where we can find out more about you and the cards. Sure. Well, thank you again. This has been so much fun for me. So I'm very grateful to you, Lindsay, for having me. Um, The website is thebiggiescards.com. 
So biggies, B-I-G-G-I-E, I should say the T-H-E, B-I-G-G-I-E-S, cards, C-A-R-D-S dot com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And my my handle is at biggies cards. So no the on that on that one. Just at biggies cards. Great. And we'll link to that in the show notes. And seriously, check these out for your family because they will make the job of teaching children resilience one that you can look forward to and be entertained by while you're connecting with your kid. Thanks again, Devin. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I hope you found this episode worthwhile. One of my favorite things about talking to Devin was recognizing that it's the effort at having conversation that is the key. It's not always going to go amazing. It's not always going to feel like anything even happened, but it's the continued repeated attempt to connect with our kids and help them realize that we're a safe space. If you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it. And I would love it if you would review the podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.